welcome back to Scotland Women's Camp. I am joined today by our scrum half, Katie Madison. Katie, how are you doing? Yeah, good, thanks. It's good. been a good week up here. Good. How would you describe your World Cup so far if you could use one word? Oh, that's tough. <laughs> that's a really hard question. You could have an off-pitch word and an on-pitch word. Uh, off-pitch, incredible. Mm -hmm. On-pitch, I think as a collective, we've been brave. Nice, I like it. Mm. Good, nice, okay, cool. Okay, tell us a little bit about um, like what we've been up to this week off pitch. So we've been, I think, really fortunate. We've been up in Tutukaka this week, so a bit further north in Whangarei, um, and it's meant that we've kind of been on our own up here, and it's been really nice to kind of get away and concentrate on ourselves. So rugby-wise, I think we've had a good training week, put some things right. Um, but also off pitch, being able to get out to the beach and do that kind of recovery. People have like a little bit more space to switch off and um, yeah. And then obviously our, the reception of the, wel the welcome we've had up here from mm. the locals has been absolutely incredible as well. So real good week, I think. Yeah. Tell us a little bit around that welcome. So obviously for those that don't know, we went to visit a local tribe this week. Um, can you tell us a little bit about that experience? Um, Probably, like, without exaggerating, one of the most special things I've ever witnessed in my entire life. Agreed. Um, to be welcomed by them, like, to hear all, like, um, the traditional Maori welcome, to greet them traditionally, very, very cool experience. But for me, best bit was we sat down to watch this group of school kids perform and the noise that came out of them and the power and the passion and like you could literally feel it mm -hmm. I don't think we can put into like I don't think you and I no. talking about it now can put into words how amazing it was but um yeah probably the most special yeah. thing I've ever witnessed and it wasn't even just like they were giving it power and passion like they were so talented like both like oh their gosh, singing yeah. voices like their dance like they're completely in syncness like and the way they switched from like these like angelic voices singing a song to this hacker, which was quite terrifying, was also like just mind blowing. Yeah, like unbelievably, like yeah, yeah very very special. Um, yeah, talent of the kids was unbelievable. Uh, yeah, it was a little bit embarrassing to start. Uh, <laughs> yeah. The first couple lines of that, I was like, Ooh, <laughs> after after hearing the kids and the elders sing so beautifully, and then there's us with our out of tune, yeah. but. Jumping and singing yeah. to Loch Lomond, but no. But enthusiasm, we matched it with enthusiasm, I think. So. No, that was a special moment, I think, as well, like when we all came together. Well, obviously, we came together and they taught us... Um, can you remember what the name of the song is? I can't no, remember I can't. either. But um, a very well-known, famous um, New Zealand song and dance, which was actually really cool to, to learn that, which we recreated at training yesterday. Yeah. Um, I don't know about you, but I couldn't do both at the same time. Like, no, the, the words, words or the dance. the actions, couldn't... Like, no, agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Um, but then, yeah, to come together at the end and, and sing Loch Lomond was pretty cool. OK, let's have a little look back at the game against Australia. Tell us a little bit about it. Um, I don't know about you, but for me, probably, like, the most physical encounter I've ever experienced. Yeah, it was pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, they were, like, some big, big athletes in there um, running hard at us. Um, and I think that's probably where the brave comes from for me. Like, I think our defence has been, like, exactly that on the pitch, mm. um, especially in that Australia game. We defended our hearts out, and um, I think we've spoken about it, haven't we? If we'd been a little bit more clinical in that first half, potentially that would have been a, a different result. Um, yeah. 
but yeah, like can't fault effort or heart from anyone. Like especially you forwards putting in huge shifts and seeing so many of you up there with like top tackles is is really cool. And I think like really proud of you lot and well, kind of everyone that's no, hundred percent. Like all of us have put in such a big shift while we've been out here and stuff. And yeah, tough tough result to take mm -hmm. a, a three point loss and a two point loss is is hard. Um, but you know, like if any group can bounce back from that, it's us. Yeah, for sure. I said that this morning that I think like we've had so much experience of of those heartbreaks. But I think like one thing like I've reflected on is like a couple of years ago we were we were trying to bounce back from 50 nils or like 70 nils, yeah. and now we're bouncing back from two point losses, which is almost more heartbreaking. But the fact that we are now in amongst that, competing every single week, like where are we going to be in two more years time like that's the exciting bit but I think for me like having one more opportunity like yeah. this weekend is is a privilege and like one that I think all of us are very excited to make the most of. Oh I think if you like at some point in our lives we've all grown up as rugby fans that's why we've yeah. ended up in the sport and actually I don't think it gets any better than playing New Zealand in New Zealand yeah. Uh, with a chance, like, that it's not over till it's over. We've got a chance 100%. to go and do something real special on Saturday, and I think the belief is in the group that we could do that, and um, regardless of what happens, like, I know that we're going to put out a performance that we'll be proud of, and, like, I love this group so much, and mm. I think that we all feel so passionate about it because of, like, how much we care about each other, and I think that will show on Saturday. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, there doesn't really get much more special as an opportunity than... No. And what we've got. I think like on Saturday when we lost, my like immediate emotion was just like devastation. But and I hadn't even thought about the losing bonus point at that point. Yeah. Like it didn't cross my mind. I was just like and then it was when I was impressed and someone was like, Well like you're still in the fight and then I immediately like my mindset just switched in that instant and I was like, Right, we yeah. still got shot. Yeah. And like since then I would say like across the board, like the whole group it's yeah. just yeah. got their head their heads on it like although we've got that frustration that devastation of how close we've come in the first two yeah we've also built a huge amount of confidence no i actually think this has been a really good week for us even in comparison to the wales week i think like there's like a shift in mindset of like well we have to go and do something special yeah. now and i think that that's actually been really good for us yeah and i think like no matter what like a big one of our values as a team is to inspire and i think we've done a brilliant job of it so far but i think like we can go big again and, and go even better. So that's that's a big driving force for me. Yeah, hundred percent. Like yeah. that is, yeah. As you say, we've all spoken about that, haven't we? And we've all spoken about our personal whys, and lots of it comes back to inspiring people back home. So, yeah, one last, well, hopefully not a last opportunity, another opportunity to go and do that and yeah. um, put a big shift in. Hundred percent. Cool. Well, thank you very much for your, as always, very powerful insights into. <laughs> Uh, our experiences but thanks again for listening to a little check-in from the Scotland's camp and hopefully we'll be back again next week thanks Rach welcome to the official Scottish rugby podcast I'm Caroline Blair and for this week's episode we are inside the Orium Scotland's National Performance Centre Sports Performance Centre what an amazing facility this is joining me I have Xander Fagerson and Matt Fagerson chaps lovely to catch up with you it feels like we're at the first week of school again I guess it's that beginning a term feeling here at the Scotland camp yes yeah, um, coming back in seeing all the familiar faces um, some new ones as well 
uh, it's always good coming in, catching up, having a coffee and seeing what everybody's been up to. But yeah, there's always that big excitement when you come back in the camp. Speaking about new faces, I mean, the under-20s are, are playing today at this open training session. It's been great to see so many fans, but you can also see the hunger there. There's nothing yeah. quite like going against the, the dark blue jersey at that age and stage. How, how important is that in terms of the journey, I guess, for the under-20s to be training with you guys? I think it's really beneficial for both teams. I think for us, you know, to get our shape against um, opposition who are flying up, trying to really put under pressure and sort of also for them sort of run, run, running their shape exactly against us, you know, and us working on our D. Um, so it's, it's great, great session, as you said, you know, great to see, great to see so many fans come out and uh, yeah, try and put on a show for them. Um, so we had tight heads on the wing, we had a whole bunch <laughs> of other things, you know, so it was, it was good fun. It certainly adds a different dynamic, doesn't it, having the fans and it's a wee reminder that mm -hmm. The Autumn Nation series is coming up to what? What are you most looking forward to? Is there? We've got four really exciting fixtures: mm. Australia first up, Fiji, New Zealand, and then rounding off with Argentina. I'm sure mm. Argentina will be up there on the list as well after the summer. Yeah, like the teams we're playing are obviously top drawer. Um, you know, I've, I've never personally played the All Blacks before, and um, obviously, you know, we were gutted when we left Argentina in the summer. But I think what most players, especially me, are looking forward to is. You know, a packed out minefield again. Um, and, you know, it's been a while since we played there, and the atmosphere you get is like no other. So, um, so yeah, personally, that's what I'm looking forward to. There aren't many tickets left for Australia too, so uh, yeah. very, very encouraging of getting that <laughs> on the on the line too. What exactly. does it feel like when you're running out into a crowd at, at BT Murrayfield, especially when it's a sellout, which we know New Zealand is already, mm. although hospitality tickets are still available. Yeah. But that sellout feeling, mm. Sander, what's that like? Words can't really describe it. I think sort of playing in front of your family and friends first of all is just always really special. But also just the the, the atmosphere coming in, you know, on the bus getting piped in, and then this yeah, the anthems are spine tingling, you know. Um, I still I, I still get the same buzz from my first cap to my, to my hopefully one coming up soon. So yeah, it's uh, it's amazing every time, and it's, I don't take it for granted. So I, I enjoy enjoy the moment, enjoy the atmosphere every time we get to play at home. And to be a set of brothers in a Scotland camp and in that environment, I mean, most of us spend our, our adult lives trying to get out of the family home and to get away from here in a room with our brothers. But what is it like being in camp together? Yeah, it's cool. Thankfully, you know, in recent years, we've not uh, been stuck in a room together. So that's definitely <laughs> helped the, the brotherly dynamic. Was, um, that, was that at request or just... <laughs> uh, that was a, a young... Breeze faced uh, Matt Ferguson, you know, worried he's not going to get on with anyone, so we got ruined <laughs> with his brother. Um, but yeah, no, yeah, we love being in camp together and, you know, we push each other on and uh, are chucking jokes here and there as well. So yeah, I love it. Uh, it keeps me on my toes, you know, but I think just that, that extra dynamic of playing with your brother, it's, it's, it's a really special thing. And like as I said, playing at Murrayfield, I don't take that for granted, but playing with, playing with Matt for Glasgow, let alone playing for Scotland, is, is unbelievable. So um, here's to making more memories together, hopefully, and starting off next weekend against Australia. Oh, I have no doubt in my mind that we'll see a lot of you two guys uh, together as well. And it's great to watch. And talking a bit about the camp as well, Gregor mentioned today at this open training session here at the Orium, he talked a bit about the the, the off-field environment, the culture, I guess, is probably the buzzword that we might use these days in terms of describing that feeling in the Scotland camp. What would you say it's like at the moment? Uh, it's quite hard maybe to do that with mm. half the squad not here, but how do you build that off-field culture? I'll sort of, I'll take it from uh, the tour in the summer and what we're, we're hoping to bring into this camp, you know, because when all the boys come back in, I'm sure it'll be the exact same, but it's sort of like a, like a brotherhood, you know, it's like a, it's like a second family um, because you spend half the year with them, half the year with these guys, you know, you're, you're going out, um, 
you're going out with them every week and you sort of build those bonds on and off the pitch so that's going for a coffee getting to know getting to know your teammates better you know uh, Scummy's chipping in the back um, <laughs> so he's good good mate good mate of mine you know but it's sort of it's, it's hard to describe but um, as I said you know being having playing with family it's like a second family you know um, you trust these guys you love them and you want you want the best for them and they want the best for you so sort of creating that tight-knit group sort of results will come on the pitch um, because you've got trust in each other and you can just go out and execute. And in terms of the characters in the camp and, and you've, you, you know I mean, like we just, so, so, so Pierre just run past us there just now, but in terms of the characters in the camp, everybody's got a different role to play, I guess, as well. And who stands out as being, as being sort of the, the joker of the pack? We always like to hear <laughs> about those guys. No, I'd say Scoomies is probably definitely up there, but he's, his jokes aren't funny. It's just the way he says them and the fact yeah. that he's Pierre. Uh, everyone laughs at him, not with him. Um, but I don't know, did you watch the video with him and Mish though? The yeah, Hamish, the content he, he on... Funny. He can't he understand funny. English, He's, honestly, <laughs> it's terrible. It was so funny, um, the, the Scotland team stuff yeah, on TikTok was yeah, very yeah. good. No, uh, it was. Uh, Mish, Mish is hilarious as well, they're always chucking jibes, but... Uh, Dave, yeah, we've got Dave, Chai, Dave McCray. Dave, Ch Dave Cherry's got some good yeah. one-liners. Um, uh, Dewey likes to think he's quite hilarious, but... Yeah. He, uh, he's coming out of shell, I yeah, like, I like that. Yeah, he gets a bit um, more confidence, he's a bit shy around the boys. The front row boys always always good crack, they always get stuck <laughs> into each other and no, no topics off limits, so yeah, it's, it's good fun. It keeps boys on their toes. Yeah. Now, interestingly, at <laughs> this time of year, one of the key things uh, is the November, mm -hmm. the, the moustaches. Are there any plans for that this season? For, for us, no. Uh, if I shave it off, it takes about two months to grow back, <laughs> so I'll just keep my beard. Thanks. I'm not shaved since school, this moustache. This, <laughs> this is like six years of growing, so if yeah. I do that, I'll be in trouble. But um, no, I think maybe a few of the boys, there's, there's definitely a few modes kicking around, so hopefully we might be able to, to, to bring that in. Well, chaps, thank you so much for your time. In the nicest way possible, you guys need a shower. So in you go. <laughs> thank you very much. <laughs> go and get yourselves cleaned up and thanks and all the very best for the Autumn Nation season ahead. Thank you ahead. very much. Thanks for having us. Appreciate it. Well, we've managed to get uh, Chris back over from <laughs> doing a bit of uh, coaching just there. Uh, it's been quite a great open training session. Yeah, really good. It's, um, I think having spoken to some of the the fans that came along and, and we hinted at it during the session the, the speed of how at which these players train um i think it's the kind of big takeaway for a lot of people isn't it the uh not that it's a surprise but when you see it up close it really is pretty impressive and also i mean there's one thing being quick and there's one thing having a lot of speed but if it's not accurate then what's the point but that speed aligned to the accuracy was uh, was impressive first hit out really and along you know some under 20 players in there and we spoke about earlier it's a brilliant exercise for them for a number of reasons um, the fact that they're probably training above where they've probably trained before or, or where they think they can maybe train um, because of the environment and the circumstances they're in the the level at which you train is um, important and it makes it a viable session sometimes when there's a big discrepancy between the levels you don't get like say the national team don't get what they need because the ball's not in play enough mm. or there's only one or two phases before a ball drop. It didn't look like that at all. It was it was it was meaningful, it was hard. Uh, awareness as well as an under twenty player that do you know what these guys ain't gonna take it easy on you. Do you know it's not it's, it's no charity, it's it's yeah, this is like, like you, you, you're if here you're here, you you front up and you We you need know. you to be on. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so which is the senior rugby, it's you know, age gate international rugby and uh, that that's good to see as well. And you want that as an under twenty player, you want to kinda of think, Oh wow that's the level I have to get to. Um, but at the same time, the national team were 
that looked like they were able to get what they wanted and more through the, the standard of the session. So all in all, and a lot of people want to watch and so many try people. to give them some information and to think about. And yeah, I, certainly the autographs and selfies are going good also. A good day. And I keep describing this as it does feel like the first week of uh, first week of school again. <laughs> There's that, that atmosphere here, you know, and, and it's not the full squad yet. Well, that's the thing is um, yeah, XR players to be added to as well. and. And more home-based players mm -hmm. as well. Uh, Glasgow Warriors, and you forget, boys in South yeah, and you forget that these players haven't really been well together at all, really. Some of them, but together since the third test in Argentina, and you've been ingrained in your club stuff for seven games or six games, including your your pre-season games. It's hard to switch from one set of calls to another. Quite often the mm. same. You, quite often you do the same thing, but it's got a different name, <laughs> and you're like, "Well, what is that?" And, and you, you can't really say, "We'll do whatever it is, so and so, or what's that, or oh, that's so and so at home," because oh, you've got that mix of players. And again, the heat of the moment, you need to know the terminology right on it. And it, it actually gets more confusing when you've got two names for the same thing. It's, it's easier when it's completely different style play, but there's a lot of similarities. Um, so getting the terminology right, and you forget that's kind of first hit out really, and that looked on point as well. Um, so yeah, uh, that's a post coming that's down post by coming the way, down. and they haven't, they haven't fallen down. They've been, they've been. Uh, it's uh, I suppose it's kind of Orium. It's uh, it's a rugby post coming in. The football post will be up shortly, and we'll be moved off. But. Yeah, nobody was hurt in the process of post removal. <laughs> and it is, I mean, it's a great facility, isn't it? That everybody can use it so versatile. But yeah, I mean, you're, you're, you're talking about that there, that transition from club to country. Mm. Yes. Bigger than it's ever been. Yeah, interesting. And, and I think. Talk, talk a bit more about that. I, I just think that the level of intensity and physicality at the international game at the moment is off the scale. It's so, it's so intense. Now, there's obviously a jump between you know kind of domestic club amateur rugby to professional rugby which is a big gulf and some players want to make it some players don't want to make it some do some don't and i actually think now there's almost as big a gulf between professional rugby and international rugby um the time you have in the ball the amount of information you have to process the changing picture ahead of you the intensity the physical intensity the speed of the game the pressure the expectation like it's a big step up from professional rugby to international rugby, uh, as it should be, um, and like it's 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 hard to do that. Some players can do it seamlessly. Some players probably can't do it. Others get there eventually, but it is a it's a big step up um, from from one to that. And it's always been. I mean, I think the gap's probably bigger now. But I can remember maybe said this before playing Edinburgh versus Leinster on a Friday night. And uh, a kind of hard game, obviously it was a hard game. Seven days later, and a Six Nations playing Scotland versus Ireland, when we would probably admit that, maybe have 12 or 13 starters, Leinster would probably have eight or nine, ten starters in the Irish team. And it was a completely different kettle of fish. Like, whether it's the intensity, the physicality, the noise, the buzz. And I remember the kickoff coming in and just thinking, wow, this is so far removed from what we had. We give or take the same players seven days ago is it's it, just international rugby it just, it, that's what it's international that's why it's is it the rarity of it as well do you think is it the it's the occasion then in the occasion case? I think yeah. the occasion um, and where in maybe club rugby you'll have uh, like the weaknesses will be probably weaker than any weaknesses in an international game it's just everything's heightened to the end of the year, and speed as well driven by the fans driven by the pressure driven by the occasion and the fact that you've got 
the best of the best. But it, it is, it's a, it's a big gulf, um, and that's why training has to be at the level it is in order to prepare the players for, um, for now, the, the level of professional rugby New York is pretty much off the charts itself. But it has to raise again for, for the internationals in the next four weeks. Well, let's let's talk about the URC then. Uh, so it was a cracker of match at the the Dan Health. Dan Health, yeah. Oof. I mean, you were commenting. Yeah. I looked behind me at one point, and I I couldn't stay in my seat. I was so excited. What uh, a game! I could. I was I was uh, <laughs> I was kind of sandwiched in quite often when you're commentating. You'd, you've not got the leg room you would have because you've got sound boxes and all this technical equipment, and you're watching this wee monitor. So, so even if I could <laughs> wanted to get out of my seat, I could take me about three minutes to shoehorn myself out uh, behind all these desks and monitors but it was it was exciting it was um, it was a tough old first 20 minutes for yeah. Edinburgh and it's one of the ones where you look at the scoreboard and you think oh, how had Bennett only 3-0 up because they had a lot of the the kind of possession with the wind the wind was fairly brutal the possession and, and territory with the wind but they needed more than those three points and then Edinburgh came back, scored a good try. The important moment for me was Luke Horsby's try just before half time. Yeah, that was a that was a key mark. Because it was it was a I think Mike said it was twelve to fourteen point wind at least. And then to score just before half time, it was going twelve three up. I think twelve three up was important. And then the second half was great for Edinburgh, how they play. And Renaton had changed one or two players, but the the accuracy in Edinburgh's attack was brilliant, and you can look at sometimes even when you're commentating on your assessing games, you think, oh, that was great, that was great, that was a good try, and then you think, well, actually, what was the defence doing? Was it too easy? Was it easier than it should have been? But there was two or three times where the Benton defence it had been excellent in the first 20, 30 minutes. Anyway, it almost looked as if Kitty, who was Edinburgh's <laughs> defence coach, had taken the playbook because it almost <laughs> like these guys know what's coming, yeah. but. After the second half, when the, the ball was crisp and the placement was good and it was quick, I don't think Bennett did a lot wrong in the defence. There was just Edinburgh, the structure was excellent and they took the right option time and time again to find the, the half yard of space and clinically flood through and finish it off. So, a big, an important win for Edinburgh after the, the three defeats in a, a row. It was a difficult opening, a couple of fixtures. It was, um, and but it was important to win, it, it was really important. So not only win, but win emphatically. Um, and they go to Zebra this weekend and then Cardiff thinks the next two fixtures. So three really big, important fixtures for Edinburgh. I think before a round off in Edinburgh, one thing that we have to say is that Edinburgh fans were really rewarded for their excitement and the build-up with the back three. I mean, uh, that that triad of, of Boff, yeah. of Darcy it, and of Doohan. Did just, five tries between them, was uh, it, I think? Five out of the nine uh, between scored the between three. them. Yeah, I mean, it was... And you heard the excitement for uh, for Duhan's return and to be honest like the, the Benetton players knew it was coming mm -hmm. and Dewey got the ball a couple of times early on and the fans got to their feet this roar came up and there was two or three massive collisions and he still just fought through and fought through and fought through and it was just 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 this can he will to can he reward this roar when he was compromised once or twice early on can he well, offensively when he was kind of hit with two or three players but he still burst through and fought through and he got Edinburgh on the front foot and he, um, his, uh, his support play for his second try was excellent I thought uh, Adam McBurney was, was almost going to make it uh, it looked like he was going to go for it <laughs> and then, uh, it, but I must say his timing and delivery of the pass to Dewey who was just cruising uh, for his second try was excellent Darcy's Darcy isn't he I mean he's just phenomenal and, and Buff's almost like the 
the common influence <laughs> in some ways. <laughs> the grown up. But, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, a real threat. And there's there's a there's a lot of good back three at Edinburgh um, who could come in and, and add to that, uh, and you know will do over the next two or three weeks with the with the international uh, call-ups. So, Glasgow Warriors in South Africa, slightly different picture for them. We've seen how yeah. hard a place it is to go through. Yeah, it was a tough day. I, I actually thought at half time, I thought both coaches probably won't be that happy, if that makes sense. I thought Glasgow had the better of the game, probably the better team in the first half, but didn't get any of the reward. Great try for Tommy Gordon early on, but then never really... It's weird because it, it, it was probably a lot to do with their own skill execution and, and penalties and frustrating elements, but the, I felt they were the, the team we were playing better out of the two teams. And I thought the Sharks would be disappointed with the first half performance, really. They, their set-piece plays, their, their starting moves were poor early on. They got better towards the end of the second half. And I thought if Glasgow get a good start to the second half, then I can see them really building the pressure. But, and they got that with another early try, Tom again. But then the, the physicality and the incessant level that you have to be at for every tackle and every breakdown and every ball presentation, every scrum, every liner, every... Every instance in the game, when you play South Africa, it can't drop off. And the, the Springbok bench or the Sharks bench came on and raised that intensity. And just as Glasgow, I think, were probably feeling the effects of A, a travel, and B, that massive physical endeavour the week before against the Bulls, it kind of coincided with a bit where they really had to dig in and the Springboks came on and made a massive difference from, from the Sharks' point of view. And, uh, and Sharks finished the, the game much stronger than Glasgow. So it's a tough... A tough away fixture again for Glasgow this week they go up to Johannesburg the Lions with one or two knocks and bumps a bit of illness in the camp there's one or two players training here today who, who aren't available so it's um, it's probably a, a fixture in the season for Glasgow that as senior players you you look around on the Wednesday or the Thursday and say listen what are we made of now, this is going to be hard let's right, this is it we've got our squad of 34, 35 and, and your coaches this is all we've got here in terms of we're we're not in a hole, but physically we're in a hole because there's a bit of illness and they've been bashed up. And there's one or two players, unfortunately, not going to be available. And it's going to align the sand moment and say, let's make a statement for the season that that we can get someone on the road here that's going to uh, that's going to kind of make opposition stand up and uh, and, and take note. So I'd expect a big effort on, on Saturday. Scotland will face Australia, Fiji, New Zealand, and Argentina this October and November. BT Murrayfield Stadium in Edinburgh in the Autumn Nation Series. Tickets for Scotland's fixture against New Zealand have already sold out. Secure your tickets now for the other matches. So, Gregor has announced his Scotland squad for the Autumn Nations Series. What did you make of the, uh, make of the announcement? 40, 40 squad. 40 man. So, yeah, yeah, four games. Um, we're going to need them. Well, that's <laughs> what we said to the, the fans that are in today. That's um, just a... a Part of the game now, isn't it? The, 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 it is attritional. There'll be you know players used, um, you know, unfortunately picked knocks and bumps. So Forty is a big squad. That's a, the first thing I say. It's, it's a big, it's a, it's a big squad to manage. Um, but you're going to need them in, in terms of can you uh, enable to train at the intensity you want to, um, and obviously play and, and get the wins that you, you want to. So um, big squad, uh, quite a lot of change. Um, yeah, one just, of those changes yeah, is actually taking place. Behind us, yeah. So mm. we've got, <laughs> literally as we speak, Jamie Ritchie's getting his uh, captain's foot call. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Um, just, uh, just <laughs> trying to distract trying to distract him. <laughs> yeah, Jamie's a, he's a born leader, isn't he? And, um, he takes over the captaincy from Stuart Hogg, who has been captain for three years. Years uh, and and you know being a massive hog is a massive part of the team, uh, and he will be a massive part of the team. But Jamie gets his opportunity to lead. Um, he uh, it feels as if he's been kind of ready for this. I've known Jamie for a long, long time, and even when he was kind of under 18s and leading the under 18s as a youngster, and you know involved with leadership teams all the way through. He's kind of older than his years in some ways, uh, and a great thing. But think back to 2019 World Cup where it was you know, a difficult campaign and and how he stood up and he's done that ever since for an Edinburgh jersey and the Scotland jersey as does Hoggy um, there's a challenge for Hoggy now as well because he's still a massive part of the squad and a massive part of the leadership team Jamie will need Hoggy as much or as more than anybody else and Hoggy will know that and, and that's that's the beauty of Hoggy's role then becomes um, supporting Jamie like once you've been captain of your country I've been fortunate enough to do it on a few occasions um, you realise what you need so the first time you become captain, you think you realise what you need and who you need and what you're going to do. But once you've done it, you realise that actually, then it could be on fields, could be off fields, could be all sorts of different bits and pieces. But I think you'll realise how valuable you can become to the the, the captain, which is Jamie. So and he's a beaming smile there. Um, and I'm delighted for him because he's, uh, uh, yeah, he, he, he deserves a, a crack at it and he's, um, he's got to be supported by a, a quality squad. And he's got a really exciting 39-man <coughs> team around him as well. And, and looking at some of the names, there's some, mm. some. I mean, Stafford McDowell, we've got yeah. some, you know, Walker, we've got a few really exciting guys coming back in, um, or coming in and coming mm. back in too. So what was your overall assessment of it? Yeah, I'm just looking through the squad now. Um, I'm not going to read through them all, but he just, the first one that starts with Ian Ashman, how good was he it's exciting to last see. November? And um, it was Australia. Mm-hmm. Was that his debut try, that one in mm-hmm. the corner? The beginning. Yeah, so um, I'm not sure that was that was somebody coming to an ice bath. I think. <laughs> uh, how's Blair Kinghorn? I think. Um, uh, yeah, the, the the kind of recovery bit for those of you listening is the far side of the field, the far side of the pitch, and they seem to be making funny noises as um, as they quite often do. But yeah, you Ashman, Josh Bayliss as well. I think mm. the impact he has and his athleticism and his speed really suits the way that that um, that Scotland want to play. And just I mean, there's a lot of quality, there's a lot of players who are playing really well. You think. Uh, yeah, Matt Ferguson and Xander Ferguson, you just spoke to them and how um, how positive they've been. The try scoring form they've won, the destructive kind of attacking form they've been on for, for Glasgow. And there's a there's space for the, the older generation as well. WP Nell, Nick Hainan, who was player of the match last weekend, I thought he was brilliant. Um, and Murphy Walker, you mentioned, young players coming through. So, yeah, there's loads of kind of experience. There's loads of current form um, and, and excitement. Uh, through that pack and as I say we'll need them Richie Gray as well coming back in yeah it's uh, been great to see his yeah, evolution like as he's well he's played so well um, in terms of uh, line out of offence and defence but I've actually seen Richie play more like he, he played when I played with him about a decade ago in terms of finding space running you know, on a quick ball finding space between defenders when he played it uh, they say then he went to, to France especially when he ended in Toulouse I felt a lot of his attacking play was was uh, it wasn't hindering them, but the the, the kind of nature of carrying forwards close to the breakdown and fighting for yards is a big part of the French game, and he could do it really well. But as he try to tackle him when he's running at space between defenders, mm-hmm. think of that try scored in Dublin years ago, uh, just whenever that was, two thousand and twelve or whenever it was. Like, 
like he's such an athletic player with such good hands. Think you know, but last week against the Bulls for Glasgow, where he's that tip on pass. I mean, there's bits of his game that he's kind of shown now that we probably haven't seen over the last few years, especially when he was overseas playing that tighter game. So it's great. Um, and to this, see Big this Rich. happens as well, doesn't it? I mean, over, I think you know, I remember John Barkley that happened with as well. Where you, you, you're not involved in the national setup for a while, and then you come back in, and you can really. You, you can really yeah. bring that experience that you've yeah. had at the different clubs. Yeah, uh, and and you you bring that experience for others, but you bring it for yourself as well. And going back to similar what we're saying about kind of knowing what you know once you've capped the team, it's the same when when you've not been in squad for for a couple of years and you you, you come back at different. But you evolve all the time. You evolve every week as a professional player, and you evolve every certainly every season. Um, and it, it's great to see kind of Big Richie coming back. So yeah, loads of Loads of talent, loads of uh, can you say current form and uh, one or two can you, of my generation, no, not quite my generation, <laughs> but uh, older guys. Backs wise, wiser, wiser, wiser. Backs wise, again, it's uh, you know, spoken about hockey. Finn's the, the obvious can you name that isn't there, um, and you know, it's a little similarly. If he'd been out of the squad, there's always room to come back in the squad. But his uh, his goal kicking well for, for Rassen, um in France, and he's. He, you know, Probably not playing as well as he would want, and having still be having impacts in the game. But he, um, he'll be disappointed not to be involved. But the, the three tens that are in, obviously Blair, and his his form. He's the incumbent ten. Have played the three games in Argentina, and his his form for Edinburgh. And the threat that he has um, is excellent. Hasto missed out last year. Yeah, I mean it was him last yeah, year. Uh, yeah, and and has as Gregor's mentioned fought back in and um, been really impressed in a lot of Hasto's games as well. I see, you know, I watch quite a lot of rugby and I catch up as you do with, with all the individuals that, that are kind of certainly in, in kicking roles and, and, and he's he's a big part of how Gloucester have started the season Gloucester play qu- quite differently to how Scotland will potentially play mm-hmm. um, but it's uh, yeah, Hasto knows how Scotland play has been involved and he's been a big part of being involved for a long time so it's great to see Hasto back in and Ross obviously has uh, not played a huge amount for, for, for Glasgow two or three games of Super 6 Um Came off the bench last weekend over in the Sharks, so it's another opportunity for, for Ross to get in and, and stamp his authority. Had a great season last year. Every almost the level of consistency for a young player that he showed was was excellent. Oh, the last eighteen months, really, season and a half, um, and he gets the opportunity to to, to add to his um, to his international experience last season. Um, so yeah, so uh, similar to the the forward pack, there's there's uh, there's experience. There's Inexperience and Stafford McDowell, who who had a, you know first two or three games for for Glasgow are excellent. It's a competitive midfield in Glasgow with Sione and Sam Johnson and, and Stafford has been really good in there. Sharp so. elbows there, it's, it's exciting. Uh, yeah. It is. Um, so it's great to, to come in and see. So. And yeah. actually, it was the autumns, wasn't it? Uh, Rufus McLean uh, yeah. lit the stage alight. Uh, likewise, Kyle Stain. If you look mm-hmm. back, at it's a really exciting um, back, yeah. back setup that we have here to look forward to Cammy uh, Redpath. Yeah, Cam coming back is brilliant as well. Um, yeah, he's, he's had a, I mean, no, he's had a terrible time of injuries, but he's such a caught up. And the, the beauty of Cam is he, he can, it's so difficult to come in and hit the ground running in such a, in so many different positions, but especially when it's like a decision making and a key distributor, strike runner, decision maker, caller, communicator as, as a 12 is in the way that Cam plays. And every kind of long term injuries came back from, he's came back seamlessly in, and it just shows the quality player he is. And um, it's brilliant to, to see his, his name back in the list. And yeah, I mean, it, yeah, and we talk about back three before 
it's great, but they have to deliver and they have to. I have to find a way to gel. Um, four games and four weekends is a big it's ask. It's an intense schedule. It is, it is. Really and you add your training to that, then you add the, the psychological stress, you add the emotional stress, you add the pressure. It's uh, it's not an easy place, but everybody who's involved knows that. Those who are involved in selecting the squad know how the players are playing, how they're feeling, what they're working on, what they need to work on more, or the reasons they're in, or the reasons they're out. And that dialogue's open, and as you say, it's uh, the four games and the four weekends with a 40-man squad. It, it's attritional, it's hard, but we just, well, as fans, we're just excited and kind of wait for it to come along. I love hearing Rossi talking about being a fan. I have to say, <laughs> it's true, isn't it? You've you've crossed the line, so it's a really interesting. Yeah, it's it's re- different. It's yeah. It's what is the experience like for you? Well, it's, everybody's different, isn't it? Like, and I've spoken about this before, where as a player. I don't think you can... Now, some players can, but I couldn't allow myself to think as a fan because you just <laughs> you just kind of get excited and jumping up and down and screaming and getting emotional and carried away. I couldn't do that as a player because I had to be focused on what I had to do. Um, but, yeah, as a fan, I still find that I probably... I'm not as deep a fan as probably some because I still probably not overly analyse the game but look at it really analytically... And he's probably a very boring guy. I'm gonna probably take a lot of the emotion out of it because you're looking so precisely at kind of pros and cons and what's going right and wrong and why this has happened and why that's happened. So you're still uh, still very analytical in how I watch it. But um, and sometimes when you're working on it in a professional capacity, you're kind of jumping up and down and shouting and screaming when it's tries scored. But uh, yeah, we'll leave that to everybody in the seats. Well, that brings us nicely on to New Zealand actually, uh, mm. for, for the women they're facing uh, New Zealand the hosts this weekend yeah. and it's what what a campaign it's been so far, talk about jumping up and down on the sofa, oh. and goodness me so look at <laughs> looking, nail biters, eh? yeah yeah and, and actually when you look at that the these have been some really close, um, you know, the, the game against Wales, the game against Australia, yeah. these have been these have been close encounters. Oh yeah well what is it three points over mm-hmm. the two games mm-hmm. between them <laughs> yeah so 15 18 uh, yeah. wales and then 12 14 australia oh, yeah, yeah. i mean what, what, what five points um, it must it makes, makes it harder surely it does it? it does especially with the amount of energy and emotion emptied at the weekend against australia uh, to pick yourself up after the heartbeat of the week before you have to do it of course you, you, you don't get a pat on the back for picking yourself up and getting on with it. that's what you're meant to do that's what you're there to do but the nature of the game was hard on on, on saturday and like the, I think it was just a, now this is a positive and it's a negative the defence was phenomenal the numbers, the stats, the tackles but the negative point is you're doing too much of it That's you're actually doing something really do well it. but you're having to do too much mm-hmm. of it and I felt in the first half the concession, a lot of penalties didn't allow Scotland to use the wind as best as they could um, they seem to defend a lot with the wind at the back either from you know errors or um, or penalties more than others really and in the second half you're you're defending as much as you're probably going to have to when you're playing it in such a strong wind and you're fighting for territory and Australia kept the ball but because because uh, <laughs> should we describe what that is as well that's uh, <laughs> that, that, that's Jamie Ritchie again a way to get his photo taken on a piece of paper this it, time it sounds like, it sounds like popping uh, uh, po- popping glass protector but it's not uh, <laughs> it's got his studs on and the uh and the piercing through the glass the, the, the paper roll. yeah so uh, in the second half you, you know you're going to have to defend at like that but the, the better you defend the longer it takes 
for the opposition, i.e. Australia, to score because they, they kept possession, they kept possession, they kept possession. Um, and the number of tackles went up and up and up. Usually, when it's not as windy as that, a lot of the game takes place in the middle, third or in and around. But because of the wind, it all took place near, well, a lot of it took place near Scotland's line. Yeah. And Australia kept the ball. Scotland's defence was incredible. So Australia aren't going to kick it because of 10 metres off the goal line. The, the, the volume of tackles went up and up and up, which is a which is a brilliant thing, but it's too many. It's too many to make, and I think that eventually just just was the was the the, the determining factor that the you know when Australia put a bit of width in it after so many defensive efforts, the, the man has to squeeze through. So if you're you know so 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 if you're looking at it from New Zealand's point. What do they do now? Because you've got tackle stats. I mean, look at that. So you did mention there, Rachel Malcolm, top of the tournament with 44. It's staggering. She's, she's never missed. 44. But she's miles ahead in second place as well. Miles ahead. I mean, and, she'll and, have sore shoulders by the time she gets back. Yeah. <laughs> she'll be coming back <laughs> looking for a bit of a deep heat, I think. Um, Emma Watson and, and Jade as well, Jade Conkle-Roberts, they, they're joint six on uh, 34. So New Zealand are guaranteed, uh, mm -hmm. you know, what... Wh What's this team going to look like for for both sides? How is this going to play out on on what are well, we, Saturday? Yeah, 4 I morning? know we've one or two injuries. Obviously, Chloe's had surgery already, which is which is um, which is gutting really for well, obviously gutting for for Chloe. And I think on that point, Shona Campbell did really well when she yeah, came on. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's a sign of the improvements we've seen that you lose Chloe and Shona comes on and, and she ran hard she good, ran good angles she fought through counter-attacking into the wind it's a tough old gig but she was I thought she looked sharp um, Lana as well has been brilliant hasn't she up front um, but yeah like what and, and consistent the, the, I don't know what the, the squads will be like I don't know what New Zealand how they'll approach it some ways it's it doesn't really matter how they approach it. It's it's about what what we do, and with one or two knocks and bumps, there's obviously a deeper squad there that um, yeah, play, quite a few players wouldn't have had any exposure in the first two games. That, that, that can be uh, that they'll be you know saying, "Listen, give us a chance." So until we see the team, we're not sure. But yeah, in terms of personnel, it's difficult to prepare, but uh, or to understand. But in terms of attitude, it's make history. It's go out, give it all. Um, yeah, it's it's a big ask. Now the the Kiwis are are awesome. Um, Number two in the world. Yeah, uh, and what, five times, many times they won the five. World Cup. Is it five? five. Uh, yeah, that's a challenge. It's a size of a challenge. But you've got eight minutes. You've got fifteen or fifteen, and you're going to empty the tank to um, to create history. 4.45 in the morning. It's been a long time since I've seen uh, that and that's now three weeks in a row. I've been mm -hmm. up early, so I'll look forward to this I've, one. I've watched it in a wee bit of a delay, I must admit. I didn't make the 3am. Did you do the 3am last week? Okay, I'm a bit exaggerating. Maybe exaggerate, but I did make the other two. I did make uh, I did uh, make the first yeah, week. 5.45. I, I was in a delay. I was kind of about half seven before I got settled in. But I but didn't I didn't know. Don't look at your phone, this is the thing. No, I'm gonna I text didn't. you and I'm gonna text. <laughs> that, that, that'll be it. <laughs> Well, we wish them all the very best. So uh, Scotland, of course, do take on New Zealand at 4.45 on Saturday morning. And this weekend, we'll see the Fosrock Super 6 semi-finals. It's Watsonians v Heriot's Rugby at 7.45 on Friday, 21st of October. Then Ayrshire Bulls host Bermuda Bears at 5pm the following day. And we can look forward to a showpiece Fosrock Super 6 final at the Dam Health on Sunday, 30th of October 
4.45, the kick-off time for that one. Well, that's it for this week on the official Scottish Rugby podcast. As always, highlights of the Fosrock Super 6 and the Tenants Men's and Women's Premiership are available on Scottish Rugby's YouTube channel. Uh, Chris and I will be back next week as build-up to Scotland Men v Australia continues. If you haven't already bought your ticket, there's no time like the present. What a game that promises to be.